Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. So uh, we are very pleased to announce that we do have details regarding our 2021 Boise Reformation Conference. Because of some weird thing that happened in 2020, I'm still not sure. Uh, we weren't able to have a conference last year. Do you guys remember why? What, what was the... It's well, let's let's just not go in. There. <laughs> let's let's we- not go there. Weather related, I thought. Well, yeah, I can't remember exactly why. Um, but we are are very pleased to announce that uh, this September, September seventeenth and eighteenth, Boise Reformation presents our conference. The theme this year is "Be Thou My Vision." It's going to be on the theme of worship. And we have Dr. Robert Godfrey and Dr. Terry Johnson. Do one of you guys want to just give us a quick blurb about these guys? Uh, Dr. Terry Johnson, he's a senior pastor at Independent Presbyterian Church in Savannah, Georgia, which is one of the oldest churches in the nation. It was actually established in 1755, so it's got a long now, Has he been ministering that long? Yeah, no, not quite. He's, a, he's, he's not, he's not he's, as old as Phil and I. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> well, as long as we got that clear. We remember that. But no, he, I mean, he's, he's, um, he's written a trilogy of books. I, I can't remember exactly the titles, like When Grace Comes Home uh, is one of the titles in that. He's written a book on family worship. He's, um, he's written a book called The Courage to be Protestant. Written a book on the attributes of God by Banner Oh, Truth. yes, recently, yeah. uh, on the attributes of God. So, I mean, he's, uh, he, he's he studied in, in England. He's a he's just a wonderful pastor. I, I, I've i met him personally myself. I, I think David Wells wrote The Courage to be Protestant. No, he uh, he's actually written one called same The Same title? Yeah, same oh, title, yeah. maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then Dr. Robert Godfrey, who's that guy? I'm sorry, I was thinking that maybe he wrote the book called The Case for Protestantism. Oh, that, yes, yes, you're right. You're yeah. right, Russ. You, yeah. I stand sorry, corrected. I was in my own world there for a <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah. Well, Dr. Godfrey is, is a Ligonier teaching fellow, chairman of Ligonier Ministries now. So he would have been friends with R.C. Sproul. Yeah, friends with R.C. Sproul, very close friends. Former, uh, Terry Johnson and Dr. Godfrey are also very good friends. Former, former president of uh, Westminster Theological Seminary and uh, professor of church history there. Um, um, you know, so both, top-notch speakers. Oh, we're, we're getting some good speakers this year. It's yep. going to be great. Um, and both very able communicators. So we're, we're hoping that the website's up right now. Um, if you go to ReformationBoise.com, there should be a registration link. So uh, it's coming up quick, though. September 17th and 18th It's just a few months away. We'll be talking a lot about it. Um, but save, your, save the date in your calendar. All right, so is that... All I needed to announce. I, today? I was still also in my own little world. I I, I didn't know if maybe on air. Are you airs, present today? No, not really. Um, I didn't know if today would be a good day or not to have um, Phil and Jonathan just talk about what that dedication was like for Terry Johnson's <laughs> church <laughs> building. But did you do the commencement um, <laughs> message? <laughs> but maybe, we're but maybe not, that's we're not going to take advantage of your youth and inexperience. <laughs> 
Thank you, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I think we need to get to the text. Uh, uh, why uh, you got to be the responsible one? Yeah, All right. All right, yeah. Go ahead. Because I'm the grown-up here. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're in John 21, and we're, we've been looking at the resurrection appearances of Jesus. And, and uh, in a, our previous show, uh, we talked about uh, when Jesus appeared on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and uh, it was in the morning The Peter and the other, some other disciples had been fishing all night, caught nothing. They saw Jesus on the shore, but they didn't recognize him. And uh, he said, let down your nets on the other side. And they did. And they, uh, the nets were so full, they could hardly drag them in. And uh, they realized that it's Jesus. And uh, Peter jumps out of the boat and swims ashore to be with Jesus, and uh, they have breakfast together. Best breakfast ever. Best breakfast ever. <clears throat> and so I'm going to pick up with verse 15. This is John chapter 1 and verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, Jesus said to him, follow me. In the first question, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Um, it's interesting. These doesn't have a reference. A reference. Yes. Who is he talking about? So is he asking Peter, do you love me more than these disciples do? Do you love me more than these nets and fish? Um, this former way of life. Do you love me more than this former way of life? I, I think there are a lot of objects that could be what Jesus is referring to. We're not told. Um, but it's yeah. interesting that if you take all of the possibilities, so do you love me more than these disciples? What difference does that make? But in Peter's life, it didn't make a difference. Remember, that was one of his bows. Mm -hmm. It could be that all the rest of the disciples are going to fall away, Jesus. Yeah. But not me. Yeah. Um, do you love me more than these, the net, the nets, the former way of life? Well, at one point, Peter did. And he declared it by walking away from the nets and walking away from that lifestyle. So I think it doesn't, in the end, matter if we can define what the these is actually talking about because I think at the end it can be maybe all inclusive. Yeah. That it's all of that. Yeah. I I, th I think this this probing of Peter, this kind of interrogation of him, um, 
obviously not for Jesus' sake. Je- Jesus knows the answer. This is for Peter's sake. Uh-huh. And we, we talked a little bit about Peter's self-sufficiency on the radio yesterday. And, and, and there's a correlation that happens. Whenever uh, confidence in ourself increases, then confidence in Christ always decreases because you're replacing the Savior of Christ with the Savior of yourself. And, and Jesus is just un- uncovering that. I, I don't think he's doing it in a um, a vicious way, but he's getting Peter to to look at himself accurately, because uh-huh. Peter and ourselves are so prone to not look at ourselves accurately. Yeah, and and very obviously, there's something that Jesus wants to impart not only to Peter, but to the other disciples who are there, and to all of us who are disciples of Jesus. Three times he asks, "Do you love?" me Mm -hmm. that's the most important question of of any any disciple of jesus anyone that seeks to follow jesus it's not how much do you know about me um are you willing to walk through the fire for me no it's not that um are you willing to die for me no it's not even that it's do you love me and disciple, uh, listener, and I, this, I feel this question just penetrating my own heart. Uh, the most important question about our relationship with Jesus, the risen Jesus who uh, is alive and at work in our lives, do we love him? Yeah. And uh, th- that's, a, that's a question that, uh, it, not to put a burden of guilt on us, but to it's a, it's a, it's a measuring uh, test check-in question. Where is my relationship with Jesus? What is the heart of my relationship with Jesus? And 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 Jesus says it's our love for Him. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that Him, my Jesus. I love Thee. Mm-hmm. I know Thou art mine. Yes. For Thee, all the follies of sin I resign. Oh. Uh, my gracious Redeemer. Uh, that something about that song always catches in my throat when I when I sing it. It's a, it's a reminder, and and that particular hymn takes you from you know all the way up to the death mansions bed, of glory to mansions of glory. Yeah, from from death to life eternal, and so. But it's all hinged in what Phil's saying: uh, our love for Jesus, our recognition of what He has accomplished for us. Yeah, I just curious about what you guys think. I. I'm not sure I land on the part where the change of the use of the word love is the significance. To me, it's about the number of times yes. that it's asked. Right. But I'm just curious about if if you guys land there too. No, I think it's some just people a, make a lot about the agape versus phileo type yes. of. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't see a great difference. Yeah, and just so the listener knows what Russ is talking about, in the first two times that Jesus asks, "Do you love me?" in the Greek, he says, "Do you agape me?" And the third time he says, "Do you phileo me?" And agape is sometimes is usually translated as uh, self-giving love, unconditional love. It's uh, a it's, love that's prompted, prompt, it's, it prompts an action. It yes. has an action that follows it. Yes, and and the word phileo is sometimes used uh, for friendship love, brotherly and, and so, love, like brotherly Philadelphia. love, Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly, and so. Some, some commentators put a spotlight on that and say that Jesus was lowering the bar the third time he asked the question, but I don't think that's true. 
I think it's the number of times it's asked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus is not lowering the bar at all. The number it's, being it's, the number of times Peter denied and Jesus is coming yes, back. Yes, because exactly. Because basically Peter was asked three times at, around the first charcoal fire, wait, you're you're with Jesus, right? And G, John, or Peter keeps saying, no, I don't know him. And he I says don't it know with him. cursing. Yeah. And so now Jesus is saying, well, you said three times you don't know me. Right. What I want to know three times is, do, do you, you love, love me? me? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think one of the remarkable things about reading stories like this is we actually know the the rest of Peter's story in terms of what the scripture records. Mm-hmm. And he he blows it again and again and again. And and here here Jesus is restoring Peter gently, lovingly, tenderly, and he still knows that Peter's going to be an I I'm not trying to overstate the case, but in some senses, an epic failure. I mean, he, he gets so bad in Antioch that Paul has to say, you are not living in step with the gospel. And the, the, the church was in danger of apostasy. Yeah. And yet, th- this is how Jesus deals with us. Like, he, he, he's not, he, he can see all of our future failures, and he's not judging us on all those future failures. He's just with us in the moment, and, rest- and it's always restoring us, always bringing us back into fellowship with him. Yeah. Very, very much like uh, you know, what it says in Corinthians about stuff that happened in the Old Testament. These things were written as examples for you. And so we have an example here of the restorative nature of Christ, you know, in terms of his uh, forgiveness and restoring us uh, into fellowship with him. You know, we say in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, and sometimes we state it as a fact, but we we don't really internalize that as a reality. And this is, this is um, the Lord bringing Peter to the very reality of forgiveness and, and uh fellowship with God. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 